keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad free shows and atc welcome everybody to wrestle roast i am your host dan saint germain i am uh back baby with uh robert carpolis scott chaplin thank you for everybody who came to the shows that was with last weekend i just want to start off i don't think he's gonna be on the show so check out bup kiss it's uh the new show mike lawrence wrote on starring pete davidson joe pesci and Edie falco it's on peacock uh check it out we're obviously very proud of mike uh, how are you fellas doing, Robert and Scott? Great. I don't know. That was weirdly overly enthusiastic. Well, it's funny because you say that and your face doesn't move. So I, I really <laughs> it's all the it's all the Botox. Um, yeah, yeah, all the Botox. You're doing it wrong if that's the case. Um, hey, gearing I'm, up for my Hollywood career, and then everything went on strike. So that's true. Uh, You're about to. Uh, you were actually you were about to write for Chicago Fire. I'm sorry. That yes. Work out. I, just, I just want to make Jim Ross happy since that is his legit favorite show. Well, he's just hoping a fire takes him at some point. <laughs> you know, um, right, well, let me just get some show stuff out of the way. Next week, May 12th, my birthday, folks, we're going to be doing our backlash review. May 19th. This is a new topic I have. Russo the rest of the year. So for both, oh, that's fantastic. WWE, if Vince Russo became the head booker of each company, how would the year play out? And May 26th, we're going to be doing the roast of Road Dog and the Double or Nothing preview. As far as our Patreon, this Monday, we're doing Backlash 2009, interesting pay per view, great main event. Uh, May 15th, we're going to be reviewing Battle Dome, Mike Lawrence's favorite show. It was like this weird American gladiators with Mike. Uh, Mike O'Hearn, all those uh, um, those O'Hearn memes you see on Instagram, he's on it, and Terry Crews. And May 27th, 22nd, just because he's in the news lately, the roast of Kid Rock. So a lot of fun stuff today. Uh, in addition to um, Dynamite or Dud and previewing Backlash and talking about what's going on wrestling today, we're doing the roast of Conan, folks. Conan. With a K, not Conan O'Brien. Uh, the only Conan that matters on this podcast. Uh, so the bright side, here's the thing, is usually I say, like, um, I have a lot to say or I have, like, a little to say. And I do have a little to say, but I'll say this. It's like, I don't know enough about AAA and Mexican wrestling to really get into the bright side of this guy. I know enough to know that him and Vampiro were the legends of their time. I know that he sold out a ton of arenas. He had great gates. Um, but really all I know from him is WCW and and what he's been doing at either TNA or now, which I don't think is nearly as impressive as what he did in Mexico. Um, but I, I'll, I'll just go through the kayfabe accomplishments. Two-time TNA champion, United States champion, WCW TV champion, uh, AAA heavyweight champion, obviously. Two-time WCW tag team champion and wrestling observer hall of fame. And I think for American wrestling, the most important thing that he did was help getting Lucha on the map in WCW. You know, he was the reason that the first hour of WCW was good. Uh, he got guys like Rey Mysterio in. you know, he got uh, guys like Hooventud in and, and, uh, and Ultimo Dragon and, and a lot of different, you know, people who were just super heavy hitters um, so, you know, he's, uh, he's pretty legendary in that case. I do think his podcast is entertaining. You know, do I agree with most of it? No. Is it kind of hilarious because it really is just a vehicle to get himself over. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an interesting listen. You know, if you listen to Cornette and you listen to Meltzer, it's interesting listening to Conan because he's still in the business and you can tell he's still trying to like, you know, carny it up a little bit. Um, Scott, what do you think about Conan with a K? 
Yeah. So in terms of like as a wrestler, I only know the idea that he was a legend in Mexico. Everything I've seen of him has involved a uh, a pee bag next to him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I genuinely enjoy him on his podcast. He seems like a a fun guy to sit around and and bullshit with. Uh he seems down to earth enough, you know, to be tight with Mysterio the way he is. I would hope that Mysterio surrounds himself with pretty you can see Robert rolling his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool people. Um, but I again I don't really know much about him. I do know that uh, a lot, you know, he talks to a lot of the boys. A lot of the boys talk to him. He is very involved in pro wrestling. Um, what is he the booker right now of triple A or some sort of management position. Uh, he helped create Lucha Underground, right? And I don't know if that is American ignorance towards Lucha Libre, and then so a guy like Conan swoops in, and now he gets to be a part of all of it. Uh, but regardless, he is a part of all of it, and so I got to give him credit, because I, I don't know of him as a snake. I just know of him as a uh, a, a very sick man. <laughs> it's, it's, it also is kind of interesting that, like, you know, as a wrestler, he was rivals with Vampiro. And then on the management side, he was rivals with Vampiro, both on screen and off. Um, it's, this, it's like you can't, they're like if Brett and Sean never made up. Um, Robert, you've personally worked with Conan. Right side. At the uh, Hall of Fame this year, no one attacked him. <laughs> that's all you can say <laughs> um yes uh conan is the most one of the most popular wrestlers in mexican history just to ask him um he he is bigger than hogan the biggest draw ever uh a guy who if it wasn't it's better in mexico bigger in mexico him or ray mysterio like ray mysterio eddie guerrero la parka uh latin Baboni. Lover. Uh, John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, El Hijo de Vikingo, um, <laughs> Blue Demon Jr., uh, fucking, I, you know, Hooventude, Psychosis. Uh, this is why, all right, here's where I'm going to give Conan the, the, this is, this is the backhanded compliment of the, of the bright side for Conan. He was very smart in making inroads to these companies in the United States and setting it up in a situation where, no one could come up from Mexico unless he let them in and got a cut of whatever they earned. He's like a slightly less attractive, fabulous moolah. Um, that was the greatest idea was I got these guys. They're great. You should book them. Two conditions. Number one, I have to be on the show. Number two, whatever you pay them, a percentage of that has to go to me in perpetuity for the rest of their lives. And that's a really smart. He's still getting Ray Mysterio money, do you? That is a really smart business decision on his part. Um, it, it, I, no, I don't think he's still getting Ray money, but it was one of those things where when you kind of have that little bit of power uh, over these guys, and it's like, I'm going to get you booked here, or if you go against me, I'm going to make sure you never get booked in XYZ place and anywhere connected to it. So it's a great little power play move, and it kept him somewhat relevant. Um, the the one match he had, like he had that match with Flair on one of the pay per views that we watched, that wasn't bad. Um, right, but yeah. a, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm just saying it wasn't bad. It was. He was good about filtering other guys and and getting them over. He has a podcast. It's uh, it's it's still on. Uh, that's that's another that's a fact. Um, and it may or may not be sponsored by Blue Chew, which is great. So, you know, Conan, uh, we're, we're roasting him because he's truly worthy and not because Dan realized it was Cinco de Mayo and he panicked <laughs> in the same way. I'm pretty sure the only reason we're doing Road Dog is because you watch the draft and you're like, Road Dog's a fucking piece of shit. We should roast Road Dog. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't done Road Dog yet. I don't know about exactly. Yet. That's that's what it was. Uh, no, Conan is uh, well, you know we're at Swim Pickens, man. We've gone through like all the legends at this point. You know, there's still plenty of legends and Kid Rock left to go. <laughs> we'll be we'll be fine. Um, yeah, can't wait for the roast of Danny Garcia. Yeah, no, that's true. Hey, Danny Garcia was showing his Latin moves this past week. Um, He's a good talker. We could say that about Conan, right? Uh, yeah. Decent promo. LAX. He's a part of those guys. Tio and Trees, like him, getting those guys. Dan, Dan, this is where we admit neither Scott nor I watched uh, TNA. Like it, no. it, it was. Well, I know, but that, but what we know is Tito Ortiz or whatever was you know was LAX. So. Santana and Ortiz were LAX. Oh, Santana and uh, Ortiz. I was thinking Tito yeah. Ortiz, the athlete. Sorry. That's uh, all right. Well, Tito Ortiz was part of TNA. He did some stuff there. No, he fucking, all he did there was he like sat in the uh, entranceway with his arms folded and looked menacing. He was never, he never did anything else in that company. Uh, there's also a crazy video of Psychosis. This was like a couple years ago getting slapped. I mean, sorry, Conan getting slapped around by Psychosis 2 outside AAA Mania. Have you ever seen that? No, but please send that to me. Uh, yeah, he just slaps. He just slaps the shit out of him, which is weird because Conan, like, I guess he was like a, he almost was like an Olympic level boxer or something like that when he started, according to Conan. No, he was. I think he, he was a, like a real natural athlete. So, um, so there's that. And uh, Max Moon was better than Techno Team 2000. How dare you? Well, Techno Team 2000 is an all-time fucking thing that happened on television. Yeah, it is that that. When you bring it up, and if somebody knows what that is, you're like, oh, we're going to be friends because you know this incredibly stupid thing, too. Max Moon was just a goofy idea uh, that, you know, was was never really going to work. It's like <laughs> a lazy creator wrestler. Let's do the roast of Conan. Let's go in order of meanness. So, Scott... Uh, less mean to most mean on Conan. I'm gonna go with Scott first. Scott, you want to start it out? Oh yeah, you think I'm? You think I'm gonna take it easy on this motherfucker? <laughs> Conan, Conan the Barbarian, more like Conan the Car Salesman. <laughs> yeah, that, that was like the minimal amount of effort. With that. Oh, I know. Oh, he looks like his kidneys. Uh. LAX, he managed LAX. LAX is what wrestlers call the mother of their children who they move to LA only to leave them in LA. <laughs> He's Cubano. Uh, Cubano. The O at the end is because as you're calling him Cuban, he falls. He's <laughs> Cubano! <laughs> he looks like a battle toad. He became a luchador because bookers assumed a frog could jump. <laughs> Uh, he's a great talker, despite the ventilator and sleep apnea machine. <laughs> he was born on January 6th. So a few years ago on his birthday, he had to watch on every channel. People do what he would never run upstairs. <laughs> uh, impact is how you describe Conan falling out of bed most mornings. <laughs> And let's see if I got anything else. Um, he has the face and body of a Super Mario Brothers Goomba. <laughs> uh, a lot funnier now that we know Conan walks like that because Mario jumped on his head and back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's a legend in Mexico. The way drinking the water there gives you diarrhea is a legend. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, you know, Conan looks like if the Mucinex man... Uh, was dying of kidney failure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll start out with a look-like joke. Conan, roasted Conan. He looks like a Ninja Turtle with Alzheimer's. <laughs> He's one of the true legends of our sport. He yelled Conan at the Delta desk to get more leg room. <laughs> he received an honorable discharge. For wrestler, that means coming in someone over 18. Oh, <laughs> He had a falling out with Vince over how much his Spaceman outfit cost. I couldn't write a punchline because halfway through, I realized I wasted years of my life on a podcast where we discuss Mexican Buzz Lightyear. 
He's a Mexican wrestler from Cuba whose stepdad was Jewish, or as Michael Hayes would say, that's three strikes. <laughs> <laughs> His biggest accomplishment in the business was teaching Disco Inferno how to read. <laughs> he beat Jake Roberts in a hair versus hair match which Jake Roberts refers to as his free haircut match. Um, he defended Chris Benoit on Twitter because he's going to need a roommate. Oh, no. <laughs> he called out Takeshita for using a frog splash, which is how hookers describe Conan getting in a hot tub. <laughs> you may know him from his popular podcast, Keeping It Real Racist. <laughs> and finally, he's been described as the Mexican Hulk Hogan, which means he also fucked Bubba the Love Sponge's boy. <laughs> All right, Robert. That was that was, that was fantastic, Dan. Yes. Yeah, God that was damn. excellent, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, home run. Yes. Uh today we are roasting Conan. And all you need to know about how I feel about Conan is he's the only MLW wrestler I won't try to steal all the credit for creating. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Conan wrestled as Speedy Gonzalez, or uh, at least that's what Bill Watts called him. <laughs> My Scott Chaplin joke, Conan was the booker for AAA, and his body is so broken down that he should call AAA. <laughs> Love as a, it. As a youth, Conan was arrested for credit card fraud, vehicular theft, and drug dealing, which are all the prerequisites you need for a career in professional wrestling. <laughs> After his arrest, he was given the choice of going to prison or going to the Navy. Either option involved a lot of involuntary semen. <laughs> nice. Conan joined the U.S. Navy, where he first developed the skills of sinking people's careers. <laughs> Conan created the Max Moon character, a futuristic outer space cyborg, in case you were wondering if he was taking drugs. <laughs> Conan became one of the biggest stars in Mexican wrestling, which is the main reason why Donald Trump wanted to build that wall. <laughs> Conan brought Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera, and L.A. Park to WCW after picking them up outside of Home Depot. <laughs> oh, My Bobby Heenan joke, and I fucking loved it. <laughs> Later, Conan joined the Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon of Doom is what he calls the studio where he records his podcast with Disco Inferno. <laughs> he was a member of the Filthy Animals and is the reason Bob Barker encourages you to spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> Conan is Dominic Mysterio's godfather. It would have been Eddie, but Guerrero took the easy way out. <laughs> and in the end, yes, these jokes were lazy and uninspired, or as I call it, an homage to how Conan wrestles. <laughs> You can go fuck yourself, Conan. <laughs> oh man, Robert did not. Did you have any like personal like issues with him? Like when you were talking? Yes. Yes. No. He, talking. I, I feel like he would lecture you a lot, right? Uh, he he. he uh, we had a we had a couple of minor uh, misalignment disagreements in terms of uh, how the industry should work in the 2020s. Um, one of one of the tweaks that he desperately wanted to do and thought was fucking great was wanted to take MJF, who, you know, kid has no instincts, real shit character, uh, not very good. And he's like, he's like, no, he should be like just like a Trump guy. We're like, what? He's like, no, like you should just talk about like all the stuff Trump says you should say. And Max is looking at me like, what what the fuck is he talking about? Oh, uh, no, and then we yeah. had to do a bunch of these promos where Max is like super awkward just trying to do like Donald Trump stuff. Uh, another was we had a Conan match. It was Conan versus Loki. And he pitches this idea is like we had uh, Loki had a manager, Selena De La Renta. Great, great, talented woman. Surprised she's not in a major company right now. We had never once presented her as a wrestler on TV. Uh, she was a valet. Uh, she was uh, an empresaria a businesswoman. And Conan's like, no, what I should do is I should fucking DDT her. And we're like, well, number one, we've never established she's a wrestler. She weighs maybe 110 pounds. You're a baby face. We don't do male on female violence. It's just going to look like you're beating a woman up. And then he proceeded to explain to me that I don't understand how the business works. Uh, so, yeah, he and I... 
minor misalignments. Also, when he like took shots at like Miro a little while ago, like, that was fucking dumb too. His, his well, he, Miro he, took shots at him. That was no, the, Miro took shots at him after, but you know. But I mean, the, the thing he was the thing was stupid. I mean, what he said was he said that oh, the Japanese people can't use the frog splash, which is hilarious. That like that's that's not a thing. No. That it's it's he he picks and chooses weird, but then again, his co-host is Disco Inferno. Like let's uh, let let's call uh, let's call it what it is here. It's not exactly like this is a fucking Mensa meeting that they're running on that podcast. Great strip club manager though. Shout out to <laughs> Sapphire in uh, Las Vegas. All right, let's get to our uh, backlash predictions. Um, first off, even though Mike's not doing the show, he did want to bring up. Which I think is a crazy fact. Alicia Fox has finally left the company. I didn't know she was there for like 11 fucking years. I thought it was 17. 17. 17. Oh, my yeah. God. Holy shit. Man, she must have caught somebody doing something. <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, good. best of luck to Alicia Fox. We were going to have Mike say, uh, uh, sing goodbye, uh, Alicia Fox, and the goodbye English Rose sort of thing, but we don't have enough time. Let's get to our prediction. We didn't have the rights, and Mike's on strike. He's, yeah, Mike's he's, on you, strike. Got, you guys can't hear because it's an audio podcast. He's on camera, just holding up a picket sign. <laughs> yeah, well, he's not, he's gonna miss that sweet one hundred and fifty dollars from Wrestle Roasts. So. You're goddamn right. He could use uh, the health insurance. Let's go to backlash. I feel like all wrestling has kind of been uninspired the past month, but I do think this will be a good show. So let's start out uh, with the show. This the match that's probably gonna have the most heat which is Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight. Bad Bunny has to win this, right? Unless they're doing something where Bad Bunny loses, so they do Bad Bunny and Ray versus Damian Priest and and Dominic at SummerSlam. I mean, does it... Who is, is Ray hurt right now, or... No, no he's, he's wrestling. That's the thing. He's not hurt. No, he's, who's he wrestling on the show? He's not wrestling on anybody. He's not else. wrestling on the show. So why is he not if it's... Uh... You know, I mean, I know Puerto Rico is in Mexico, but hypothetically, uh, theoretically, Bad Bunny said he wanted to do a, a singles match since he's done tags before, which oh, means yeah. by this being a no disqualification match, you can still involve everybody else All and still them. do a one on one match. LWO, get the LWO out there, get the Judgment Day out there. That's good fun. I, I think, like, yeah, you, you, it's a more fun story for priest to beat bad bunny and keep it going the heat that dom had on raw oh my was God, fucking dude. insane on the other hand this is puerto rico you don't want dominic to you know get brodied so i don't know i mean like th- th- that has to legit still be a concern in 2023 of like that there's heat and then there's if dominic mysterio costs bad bunny the match i don't know there's enough security to get him out i think bad bunny's do you think bad bunny's got to win then uh because it's a street fight there's enough ways for you to have bad bunny beat damian priest and keep it going like he's they can, been wrestling a lot better lately damian priest by the way priest has gotten much better he's it's much it's better in the ring it's reps. It's it's more exposure. It's more opportunities. Um, that's what matters. And wrestling against other opponents for long periods of time, it, you know, you got to remember he, it's it, it, it takes several years to get halfway decent at this, and he's still putting it together. And he feels like a a bigger star now going into this Bad Bunny thing than he did a year ago when they teamed up. Who do you got, Scott? Damian Priest or Bad Bunny? Oh, it's Bad Bunny all the way. Uh, only because Damian Priest is not the peak of Bad Bunny's singles career. Um, I, I think you're going to see Bad Bunny fight, maybe even Dominic at some point. And because, well, no, maybe not because they're both well, if he's going to fight, put on a real. Nah, good match. But if he's so going to fight knows? Dom, then Dom has to help cost him the match. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> that would have been. I mean, Dom respect. I mean. I understand you want to like you have the history with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny, but I feel like I feel like Bad Bunny versus Dom. I mean, you could headline that, right? You you can. The thing you got to remember is like Damian Priest and and Bad Bunny are from the same town. They grew up together. I think like Bad Bunny's like one of his teachers was was Damian Priest's relative. Like there was a whole like there's a legit backstory to those two. Wow. But yeah, but you and you can't just do Dom versus Bad Bunny. That would be 
okay, but you, it would just be a lot of like one guy running away from the other guy holding a kendo stick. So you can get to the tag match at SummerSlam, and that's going to cool. be great in a giant stadium. And Bad Bunny is legitimately one of the biggest stars in the world. He was at the Met Gala. Oh, he's the biggest deal here. Yeah. Dating a fucking Kardashian now, for God's sakes. Dude, is his he? Birth- is he? I don't yeah. know that. His, uh, his birthday was, I think, a few weeks ago. And uh, they had a at a at a uh, venue here. They had his birthday party, and it was it's like where people do concerts, but it was just a DJ playing his music on his birthday, and people went and danced. Wow! So yeah, he is a huge deal. All right. Well, next this match is. I mean, it's, it's clearly going to be Bianca, but Bianca Belair versus EO Sky. I, I'm just looking forward to this match because I'm still waiting to watch. I mean, EO had a nice match with Becky on Raw, but. I'm still waiting to see like EO have an NXT match in WWE. So I, I hope this is it. Um, Bianca's a good dance partner. She's, you know, obviously green um, and the, there's the language barrier, but yeah, I think, I think this will, this will be Bianca, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely going to be Bianca. I think um, what's actually interesting about this match is it can be match of the night in terms of in ring. Oh, for sure. Because a guy like Rollins is tied up with Omos and someone like Ripley is with Zelina, which I think I think they're they're good, but they're not EO and Bianca, you know. So um I think in ring work wise, this might steal the show if they give them the time and if they let them tell the story, because EO is dope as fuck. And uh yeah, this would be a really good good spot to, to show that, you know. But she's I mean, gotta lose. Meltzer's always saying, you know, Siori or Tommy or and you know. Plenty of people can argue for Sasha, but I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody better in the ring than EO. Yeah, so I hope, you know, we get something genuine. I, I hope she just comes off like a real threat that can actually beat her, and then she doesn't. I hope she gets so close to beating her that it bothers Bailey. That is that is what I want to see. That's the only reason I think they could possibly put the title on EO is they're teasing breaking up damage controller having Bailey and and Dakota kind of break away from EO um EO is a baby face she she yeah. does the really great aerial moves when she talks even when she's speaking in Japanese it's like that Oscar thing where the crowd just wants to cheer her and get behind her because she's got such passion I think her and Bianca will have a great match Bianca's held the women's title for a very long time there's no harm in Bianca losing you, you got, it and then chasing. Are you saying you got a you got EO on this? I'm, I'm saying why not have it be EO and then you've got. I mean, fuck, you now have Oscar on SmackDown. I'd love to see EO and Oscar. That'd be a hell of a match. That and then let Bianca match. chase for a little while. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. But I don't it, think it's gonna happen. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Triple threat, Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. It seems like it's not going to be Bobby because they're setting him up for Roman at some point, and you can't have him kind of bogged down the United States title. Um, now that Gunther is on Raw, it's, uh, they're not going to have a United States champion with Bronson Reed on Raw. It seems like Aust- this, the whole point of this match is Austin Theory taking this belt to SmackDown, right? Yep. All right. Um <laughs> Just interrupt me, guys, if I'm wrong. Because no, it's just no, a matter no, of how I... he gets there in the match, which is shenanigans, but not just shenanigans, boring shenanigans that we could give a shit about. I'm surprised they drafted Theory to to SmackDown. I said this on uh, on the Patreon this week, but keeping him on Raw, I thought for sure this triple threat match was set up for Theory to lose the U.S. title to Lashley, so Lashley could take it to SmackDown and Theory stay on Raw because. Theory going after the new world title, being one of like the six or eight guys in the tournament, felt like a good story for him. Instead, he's now on SmackDown where he's not going to go after Roman. So he's just going to kind of be on SmackDown as the Intercontinental Champion. And they just put Grayson Waller on SmackDown, who literally is like a ripoff version of Austin Theory. It's it's ve- it was a very odd decision, but um, they better talker than Austin Theory, man. He he's got a different cadence to him than Theory, but Theory is getting better in the ring at carrying himself Grayson like a main event guy. Great Grace Smaller is going to be awesome, and having AJ on Raw on SmackDown is solely because AJ got the best out of Grayson Waller. Yeah, well, they're going to do AJ and and uh, Roman. I'm guessing at some point too. Yeah, you got so many guys. To, you got AJ to feed to Roman. Uh, you got Lashley to feed to Roman, uh, and then uh, you got Edge to feed to Roman, and then eventually. 
the guy who beat Roman will be Montez Ford. Fuck, man, I hope so. That's the only guy left. That's the only guy that makes sense for the story. Cody, you gotta Cody, finish Cody. the story. Cody. No, no, Cody's on Raw. Wait, what if they make down... another title for for Montez as well? What if everybody just gets a title, like the top six guys? I don't know, Tony Khan. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I mean, I did match up. Like, I, I think I sent it to you guys in a text. Like, the WWE, like, they have the same amount of titles, each promotion, like, like and it's too many. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like, what do you think when you can, when you factor in ROH and NXT? Oh, or Seth versus Omos. I mean, the only way Omos wins is if Vince, like, just is like, fuck you. Um, other than that, it's got to be Seth. I think he's arguably hotter on the show right now than Cody. Um, he's maybe the hottest wrestler they have right now. I, I don't love the gimmick at times, but he's a fantastic wrestler and he's fucking over. So, and he's the only guy who can be a real threat to Roman because he's Roman doesn't really have a clean win over him. So uh, I'm going to go with Seth. Anybody else? No. I think there's a re- there's a reason they're booking this beyond just like Dutch Mantel style. We're in Puerto Rico. We got to give him a freak show match. Let's give him the big guy against the little guy. Um, the only way in which I could see Omos winning this, Omos is a free agent who can go on either show, and Seth is picking his fight with Roman, but they can't have the match because one's on Raw, one's on SmackDown. That somehow like. Solo and the Usos or something like that cost Seth the match. And then if Omos wins, uh, he can show up on SmackDown and be like, you know, I want to fight Roman, which God would be fucking terrible. But uh, you don't it, think that's going to happen, though, do you? I don't think that's going to happen, but it's weird to beat Omos two months in a row, especially on a match that just came out of fucking nowhere. There's no story between these guys. It was just throw darts at the wall, Tony Khan style, and let's see what, what we wind up with. All right, well, this match we don't even need to talk about. Rhea Ripley versus Selena Vega. I mean, I think Rhea's just going to kill her. Um, maybe maybe they'll give Selena a little bit because, you know. Her family in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah, but I, I don't. I mean, they really even shouldn't. You know, even though, like, I'm, I, I see the argument for, like, having Selena come close or whatever just because of where they are. Like, I think Rhea's just got to be dominant for a while. Damn it. Sorry. There we go. Yes. Annie's back, baby. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it so much. All right, one second. Because your dogs are like, Selena Vega has a shot, right. Dan. Can you guys know? Yeah, maybe ah, don't stop stick, it. Maybe don't you stick just... your toys, their toys up your butt, dude, and they won't chase you around the house when All you right. start walking. Can you discuss, can you guys get discuss Cody and Brock while I get these dogs under control? <laughs> While Dan oh, yeah, murders his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yes, the, his, Dan is doing to his dogs what Brock is going to do to Cody. Uh, but uh, no, Cody is going to win. Uh, you know, they, they he's now doubling down on his incredibly stupid, like, I have to finish the story. And then on Raw, he's like, part of finishing the story is beating Brock because what the fuck? Brock doesn't care. He's getting paid no matter what. But uh, my if I had to pick my crazy what the fuck fantasy booking like logic makes no sense scott because this is the main event of the show cody beats brock he's celebrating everybody's happy boom out of nowhere rko Ooh, that'd be fun then you got something to build to for a little while Yeah, but who do you that have would... for baby faces man i mean as far as like randy's gonna come back and everyone's gonna cheer him Randy can get them to hate him. He's yeah, Randy is so good at being a heel, man. He comes and the crowd like he really wants Cody. to murder people. Right. The crowd actually likes Cody. So uh, heel Orton building up to this uh, Saudi uh, world title match. It's kind of fun. You know, and I'll, and I'll say this. I think this is going to be Brock's longest match in a while. I I, uh, I think this is going to be the best match on the card, maybe. Right? I, I mean, hope Cody, so, man. When Brock Cody's wants so work. good at the drama, man. Every time Brock hits him, he's going to act like he's like falling apart. All of a sudden, it's like the end of Braveheart for some reason. And you're like, okay, I love this. That's what Cody does. He gets you hyped, dude. It's like 17 minutes into a match, and he's like, I am Spartacus. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know I was watching this. And then you fucking fall in love. That's definitely what's going to happen. Does he beat him? I don't know, because Cody's story at this point really is like the he's got to get to that hard times promo in like a real meaningful way 
And so do you let people just beat him and beat him and beat him until he's got to dig his way out of that, you know, whatever that Batman movie where he climbs out of the tunnel? You know, uh, no, I, no, I think you, yeah. you have him to do the hard times thing. I think he somehow some way beats Brock, but he's all broken up and his ribs are hurt and he's bruised and he that's why, you know, he's not able to be 100 percent into the title tournament. He, well, even his wife bet the house on him or something. And so he loses his house because even she thought Brock was going to uh, win. You know, Brock kills his dog. That's like, hard time. Playing Brock Lesnar is better in bed, even though I beat him in the <laughs> ring. That's hard times. It's really tough to do a Dusty impression without sounding like you're doing a racist, like Buckwheat impression. Well, if you, yeah, you, you know. yeah, no, you, you make it a little too. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta slow it down a little bit, though, Scott. You can't make it too ignorant. You just gotta <laughs> lean in a little bit further and be like, "No, my son, uh, he gonna beat Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar he did not work over the summer." <laughs> I feel like extreme rules though. The last, like, remember that Brock Cena match where Brock lost? It was a great match. I mean, he shouldn't have lost, but it was like when Brock wants to work, man, I think he's one of the best workers, but he yeah, just hasn't wanted to work in a long time. So, but he'll want to he'll have a match with Cody. He'll, he'll, it'll be fun for him. He'll want him to like beat the shit out of him for a little bit. And this is also what's the, the last good Brock match, Robert? Uh, it was like Danielson or AJ. Yeah, I mean, well, SummerSlam yeah. was pretty good last year with Roman, but that was a, kind of a different type of. Oh, match. that was a, that was, oh, a, fun that was match. a blast, though. Yeah. yeah, but this is also Brock. You know, this is the first Brock match since the Endeavor uh, acquisition. So I think he wants to kind of show those guys, like, look, I'm still a fucking huge draw and can deliver. So maybe he's going to be slightly motivated. Yeah, you really just hope the guys. Motivated. And the main event, which it's Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline, Solo, Jay Uso, and Jimmy Uso. I think it's got to be the baby faces here just to set up. You know, I, I mean, a, a, clearly the match that they're going to want to go to, either if it's at SummerSlam or Money in the Bank, is the Bloodline breaking up and it's Roman and Solo versus the Usos, right? Some version of that. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll get to some version of I mean, this could be where Solo finally takes out Jay. They've been yeah, teasing I... it and teasing it, and then you do it. And, and the, the best thing about this show, and this is why it's such a well-booked show, the crowd is going to be white hot for everything. This is a Maybe not the terrible threat, but yeah. They're going to love fucking everything, Dan. They're going to be excited for the dark match with Dana Brooke. They're just going to be fucking over the moon and thrilled. They're in a big pack building. Bad Bunny's there. They're going to be happy. They're going to want to see some huge moment. And I think they're going to get that with uh, with Solo taking out uh, Jey Uso. How the fuck haven't they, hasn't someone signed Jordan Grace, by the way? She's like, if Dana Brooke could work. Uh, reasons. All right. Well, I guess Robert knows gossip that he's not. I know nothing, but hypothetically, theoretically, there's supposedly just uh, some personality uh, foibles and quirks. Quirks, eh? How's that for a uh, an obfuscation? Yeah, that's good. I, you pulled that obfuscation. It's a SAT word. All right, let's on get on the to... Conan episode, no list. Yeah, you know how many listeners are going to crash now because they're looking that up on their phone in the dictionary. <laughs> Obfuscation means it's blocking you. You can't see it right behind you, even though it's right in front of your face. Robert, you just saved like 10 lives there. All right, let's get to Dynamite or Dud. Hey, wait, I didn't get to predict this match, and I Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. What do do you got? Because, so, you know, Riddle, Owen, Zane versus the Bloodline. This is is going to be a lot of fun because when you do go to places like Puerto Rico and when you do go overseas, there is that house show feel of like, wow, we're all here. We're all present. This is just for us. This is exciting. Uh, So my prediction, no matter who wins, is Paul Heyman will be hopping on Matt Riddle's scooter and trying to run away from everybody on it. That would be uh, hilarious. That would be... Uh, that would be uh hilarious. Yep. So it's gonna happen. The bigger here. question is, will Riddle make it out of Puerto Rico? <laughs> yeah, he, he's the one he gets to. He stay there like he doesn't get attacked by wrestlers. He just finds a new home. 
you know, I love Riddle Man, but I, I feel like they've kind of brought him back as like a comedy character, and it, it was like slowing the the progress he was making as like an actual baby face you can root for. But you know, we'll, well see. Now they're doing this weird thing where like he still says the comedy stuff, and then it's just kind of like, you know, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna go fuck these guys up. Like it's very weird. Yeah, they need to figure him out. All right, Dynamite or Dud, everybody. I thought a really good show for the most part. Um, now, I didn't see the main event, which I heard, you know, that was kind of touch and go. But I thought everything else that I saw, the only thing I didn't see, all right, I didn't see the second half of the second hour. So I saw an hour and a half of this, and I enjoyed it. But hour one, Cole's, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Orange Cassidy, and Bandito versus the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, there was a segment backstage with Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. There was a Blackpool Combat Club promo, which uh, I'm sure we'll hear from Bret Hart about. Uh, Soraya versus Willow, a Malachi Black House of Black promo, uh, a Trios Battle Royal, and then a Sa- Sammy MJF promo. What did you think of this, Scott, this first hour? Yeah, I really enjoyed this first hour, so I didn't watch it live. I didn't even check on it on Twitter. Usually I'll check it out on Twitter or, you know, stream it somehow on my phone and yeah. just have it like low key in my pocket. And I could just kind of look at it, you know, hit it like a like a like a vape pen kind of, you know, get my get my Omega high. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, no one was really talking about it last night when I did look on Twitter. And I, well, I was really you saw what the rating was for it today. No, I didn't. I didn't. It was oh, bad. It's uh, bad. It was re- it was uh, they. Uh, seven hundred seventy-six thousand. Oh wow! Now, are there like NBA playoffs or no? This yeah, just... I mean that was a big game last night. Okay, seventy-sixers okay. and Celtics. Um. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't hear much about this. I was kind of bummed that I didn't hear much about it because I assumed it was lackluster. And then I watched this first hour, and I love pretty much all of it. That first match was uh, a lot of fun. It felt kind of like. Uh, what that house show in Puerto Rico uh, main event is going to feel like with Zane and them, you know, it was just a blast. Roderick strong looked awesome, dude. He did. I, I, I thought they would give him the shine though. Didn't you like, sure. Yeah, that sure. was my takeaway. You, you know, you, well, you know what though? It's like, have they given Cole the shine enough, you know? And I think that, well, I thought I'm actually excited for Cole and Jericho, which I'll, I'll applaud uh, Tony Khan on that. Like I, I, I loved the, I loved the attack. I loved the. No one uh, is better in the last few years at being pulled backstage than Adam Cole. Like those chaotic moments he used to have with uh, O'Reilly and NXT backstage. Yeah. Um, I really loved this. I actually did like Britt slapping him this week, even though I wasn't sure about her feud inter intersecting with this feud. I actually liked how it played out this week. Um, I loved the Blackpool Combat Club promo, Danielson bringing up heart and shit. I thought that was really cool. We had the trios. Uh, you think Brett's going to get annoyed by that? Or he's I not- don't think it matters. I think that's uh, that's old man gets angry at Cloud. That You know, it's like, right. who is he complaining to? So it doesn't really matter. Uh, I really did like the, the women's match. Um Hey, and the most- ending, it's like, look, I'm not invested at all. I don't care. I didn't feel for one second that Sheeta was gonna actually turn on anybody, but they went through the motions and they got what they needed out of it. It, it's definitely better than it's been. What, always? My only thing with the black, like, my that Blackpool promo, I thought it was great. I, I think Brian Danielson. I mean, he just keeps showing that he's like the best wrestler in the world, right? But it's like. This is a fucking pre-tape, and you guys fucked up with the mic, like yeah. Come oh, on, yeah. I don't know that that really irritated me. Yeah, I'm like it, it's like the first like like thirty seconds. Um, but the most important thing, which you skipped over, Scott, which I'm sure Robert would break out break uh bring up, which I'll transition to, is that Max Caster brought up QT and on. Max <laughs> Caster is part yep. of the Wrestle Roasts universe, folks. You damn right. He 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 knows it. He knows the biggest conspiracy in wrestling, which is QT is pulling the strings, not just in AEW, not just in WWE, but in all of combat sports. So even that slap boxing show. Yeah, he's the reason it, it tanked. He was supposed to be the host. Yep. Um, and battle or, bots. Or he was he was dressed up as Dana White's wife when Dana White smacked. <laughs> I, I uh, did like the trios match. I look, this is what I liked about the trios match. Uh, going into it, when I saw like the graphic of the match, I go, "Oh, I want to see uh, Leo 
and uh, Penta and Phoenix win because I want to see that match a double or nothing uh, with House of Black versus them because that is the best match. That is but the best when, match for sure. But then when you watch Billy Gunn and, uh, and the Acclaimed and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we were so bummed out that they were not at, in the tag scene. But to put them in the trio scene to try to get it over. Now, is it working? Is it going to get the trio titles over? No. But on paper, it's a really uh, great idea I'm, that I don't mind. Have these guys be in the trios match at double or nothing? That's fucking awesome. They're over. My only thing with that, Scott, is like you kind of don't want to take the titles off Hassel Black yet, right? No, and you don't. But putting the acclaimed, which let's be honest, like Billy Gunn, he has been a huge part of it, and yet we've never yeah, looked at sure. them as a trio. So, you know, yes, because he's 75, but it works and it makes sense. And it's not it's not technically a, a downgrade. I mean, the acclaimed is going to be in a title match. That's fucking cool. They worked it out in a, in a, in a way that I am interested in. And uh, can we agree that the one of the most diminishing returns nicknames in wrestling right now is Roderick St Strong, the Messiah of the Brett Backbreaker? <laughs> I'm like, come on, man! Like that's the most niche thing I've ever heard. Uh, and Bandito is super over, man. Get ready for a meaningless TNT title run, Bandito. <laughs> Robert, uh, what did you think of this first hour? Uh, eight man tag was fun. Uh, it it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I, it was weird that Roderick Strong, who debuted last week, was just kind of a guy in this match as opposed to really getting that moment to shine. But there's a lot of stories to tell. I don't like that Bandito just joined up with Orange Cassidy after he beat him, but it's a fun, goofy little duo. Uh, and it's great because it's not like Orange Cassidy had other wacky guys to hang out with. So that's kind of fun. Um, the Darby Snark and Jungle... Snargalupagus over here. The Darby and Jungle Boy bit was... Jesus Christ, they they're like Jungle Dude. Boy is the worst. The worst. He he's great in the ring, but he can't cut a promo to save his fucking life. Uh Jericho getting slapped by Britt Baker was a lot of fun. Um the Blackpool Combat Club thing was shot really well. Danielson was having fun. Moxley talking if about God the told Jungle Boy we can get Luke Perry back. Just cut a promo. <laughs> 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 Luke's Luke staying in heaven. Sorry. Dad, Dad, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, Moxley hyping up him and Omega was great. And I love that that's the only thing they did on this show to hype up Moxley and Omega. And I'm really excited for it. Uh, Willow Nightingale is a fucking star. And her and Soraya felt like a good match. Uh, I enjoyed it. The Sheeta thing was like, I get it. We're trying to tell a story. I'm happy they're trying to care about the women's division. Like, I'll take that. House of Black, Julia Hart is not allowed to talk. Um, it was rough because when she talks, she still sounds like the goofy cheerleader. And then trying to explain the rules of trios <laughs> matches now was well, like, wait, 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 it's it's just black, the house of black rules. Okay. The house also, of black you're calling rules. it an open house. You mean, you mean that those times where I can go see a nice house and have free cheese and wine? Yes. Was no, in wrestling, this is Cornette's going to sue them actually. But the way that she did it was like, it's like, you ever see those like videos of like where they think are like fun stewardesses talking or flight attendants talking about like the, the, the rules on the plane. Like that's what she felt like the, the trios battle Royal, the, there were a couple fun, really fun moments in this. I think uh, Penta and Anthony Bowens doing the, the scissoring thing was kind of cute. Uh, it was weird booking of Hobbs where he, he like, he's too good for everybody in this match. He just needs to be a monster um, as this QT, QT is too good for, you know, just one segment on this show. He's the, the fucking greatest. And, uh, yeah, we'll get Billy and the acclaimed. My guess is house of black are all evil and they're going to fuck with Billy over his kids. And maybe that's the way that they're going to have the acclaimed lose is they, they, they get in Billy's head and mess with them or something. But the gun club shows up like dressed like the crow or, or the Columbine kids or something, you know, <laughs> oh, no. the crow. Great. Let's not uh, Columbine a little, little dated. Um, also inappropriate, but still dated. Um, it's also weird because you forget how huge Billy Gunn is. So when he was beating up Hobbs, you're like, Oh, Hobbs is tiny compared to Billy. And Hobbs is a star, man. He's, he's Hobbs is an absolute star, but you can't remind people that Billy Gunn is like 11 feet tall. No, he's huge. He's huge. Poor huge. If, if that guy would be a, a top guy if it wasn't for his asthma, you know? His asthma and his inability to cut a decent promo. Yeah, well, there's that too. Hour two, uh, we had a Kenny Omega and uh, Don Callis promo. 
Wardlow versus uh, Logan LaRue, which sounds like a fucking Twin Peaks bad guy. Uh, Christian promo. Uh, the, this segment, we got to see Sotnam singing overalls in, uh, at the Briscoe Farm segment. Uh, Juice Robinson versus Ricky Starks. There is a firm package in Jungle Boy and Darby Allen versus Sammy and MJF. What do you think about the second hour, Robert? Uh, they open with that Sammy and Max promo uh where they're like you know max like sorry i had to leave i had back pain or whatever it it felt very mid-card for your world champion um didn't love that the kenny omega promo don callis to cut a great promo kenny omega is awful at cutting no, he, a promo. He sometimes i didn't see it. i didn't see this promo this it so, was bad he was bad but it, the promo wasn't good yeah. callis was, was not so Dom was not, kenny was like it was like he was he had like no emotion in his voice and he was just kind of talking like, like tofu a, it was like tasteless you know it was like a seventh grader delivering a book report interesting i am going to beat you john moxley because of what you did to me and to the elite and oh, no, we, uh, it really? was so uncomfortable and i'm like is it is he intentionally doing this like it, it was I, i'm gonna have to check this out you know it might be his emotions because he doesn't know who to trust no, I, th- I would have thought that would have been the story. That was not the story. It God was just damn it. weird. Um, yeah, it just wasn't very good. Well, I'm so now I'm seeing him just kind of stare in the distance as Callis cuts this promo. So there yeah. is a removal. Something is happening to Kenny. Yeah, but you got to do something. Like, I don't think you have to oversell it like MJF did with Sammy. I thought that was a little bit of overselling, but you got to do something, man. Moxley well, did such a great job selling it where he's like, Moxley and Omega, this is a big match. And I'm like, yeah. And then Kenny talked, and I was like, please don't talk. <laughs> uh, Wardlow killing that jobber was fine. They, they got to pick smaller guys because he, he struggles a little bit to pick that guy up for a powerbomb. And you want the crowd to like, if you're going to do were cheering for that guy in the beginning, they were because they, they, they're not, they're over Wardlow. They were cheering for Logan. Oh, they're, they're over Wardlow is a huge, huge star. He comes across like a big star. He is the guy they need to be building. If they fuck Wardlow up, they got to just pack it in. But at least we're going to get Wardlow oh, versus Christian mentality. He's not that big of a star, man. He Wardlow's carries himself like a star. That farm segment. What does that mean? Was, he carries himself like a star. You see that guy and you're like, he looks like a star. You see him in the he's suit. Not, the way he he does. He just, it, there's certain guys that can do it, certain guys that can't. What, what's break uh, it, Scott? Do you think Wardlow is a star or no? Wardlow is a star. Um, But, you know, uh, ooh, but what is a star? Am I right, Dan? But a, a, a dead, well, isn't it dead? I don't know. <laughs> I, he's... <laughs> He's he is like dude. A light absolute... that you don't realize is dead. Listen, man. listen, that fucking that giving punk the ring shit was that he was, cool. was a star. Whatever happened is not his fault, but whatever happened before that, he also has to realize was like this beautiful magic. And yes, his talent, but not only his talent, it also was like a moment, and he has to be able to find a moment again because he's not as talented as anybody is thinking he is he needs to yeah. be protected way more than you're protecting him because he's falling on his face a lot that's all it took and he three, doesn't have to yeah. because he looks like a fucking star no. and is a star it took like three or four years before batista became a star and i think wardlow is in that mold but the problem is you're dealing with people who don't know necessarily how to how to book him properly uh i loved the mark briscoe farm thing with Jarrett and Sutton Singh and and like, I love the Jeff Jarrett segment so I don't know what the fuck's going on uh in Dude, the I think too. the truth is I think the truth is they've all since he's gotten there they've all been good but we've been he's like uh he's like a stepdad dude no we, we fought no, him for they're, three they're, months but he was just buying us mcdonald's scott that dax match last week with Jarrett was one of the worst things on tv okay sure um, sure sure and so no he's a waste of, of space and time speaking of <laughs> waste of space ricky starks beating juice wait, robinson wait, wait, clean wait, wait, talk about that farm segment a little more because i thought that was a lot of fun you know it, it just felt like a hoot nanny you know the farm segment ruled it was great. It was a hoot nanny. Uh, Every good it, Jeff Jarrett segment's a hoot nanny. Him threatening to play with my baby tonight was was wonderful. Uh, Ricky Starks, Juice Robinson was not wonderful because why are you beating Juice Robinson clean if you're trying to establish this uh, Bullet Club gold? Not Here's every why. match. Not because every match needs really to have a clean trying, finish. Here's why: because you're really trying to establish Jay White. 
And as a guy need, who hangs out with losers, you, listen, listen. You need Bullet Club for Forbidden Door, which is so close. You don't. We don't even realize it, baby. Summer is here, boys. Congratulations. We made it another winner without uh without taking the jump, right? But uh, but June is here. Grapes That's Forbidden are Door time. Right That's there. The, this is the new reason I'm excited for summer. It's because Forbidden Door and then G1. Um, but you you need to have Bullet Club matter a bit. Jay White is the leader, and then whatever happens in Bullet Club slowly dissolves or becomes not as important. You have the star, uh, Jay White, which I do not think Jay White has come off like a star tonight or last night when I watched it, or you know, whenever I watched it this morning. Uh, I did think Jay came off like a star. Well, by comparison to Juice Robinson, exactly, and Ricky Starks, yes. Baby. So they if you figured just, it out. You just surround everybody with fucking nobodies, uh, which is the theory this of the main is event. Good, dude. No, that was the main event, by the way. MJF and Sammy versus Jungle Boy and Darby. Um, it was so fucking stupid. All right, so uh, we're gonna hodgepodge put this together. Basically, Dan's system just shit the bed uh, in it. So Dan is not on it. It's Scott and I, we're going to kind of wrap this thing up. What I was trying to say and whatever got cut off, didn't get cut off. Um, and, uh, MJF and Sammy jungle boy and Darby Allen didn't make any sense that MJF and Sammy wouldn't just get along because they both have the goal of not making this a four way. And even if Sammy has no intention of lying down, he's like, fuck Max, he's an asshole. You still want to have a one-on-one match. And then Jungle and Darby not getting along. It's like, yeah, but you guys want the title match. It just it, it, the, the logic here was Russo-esque. Uh, he, you know, this would be my logic with it, and I really lean in on this, and, uh, unless some young fans would be offended. But I would be like, look at how immature these four men are. You know, this is what happens when, like, Four men this young are this talented. They are put into a title picture and they don't know how to handle it. And this is going to be a chaotic match. And that's why, you know, we need to do this. And and, and that's when you like establish some type of rules for a match and make it like, oh my God, these guys, they're they're going after each other like maniacs, you know. But instead it's, you know, they're they're definitely failing. I think this is not a a a good uh not a great time. I don't mind the storyline because I, I really don't mind the chaos that much. And I think the match is going to be awesome. Which is but, a great story for like the TNT title. Yeah, there's yeah, there's been a lot of bumps. You know, that's all. It's just been a lot of bumps. That's been the Hatoni books. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's do high spot, low spot and wrap this up before, you know, my computer shuts down. And, and they, it's like that TV show Blackout on NBC, which was yeah, of terrible. Uh, Scott, what's your high spot? Um, I'm going to have to say, uh, you know, a New Japan show uh, just happened, Re- Pro Wrestling Duntaku, I think it was, and uh, there were some really fun matches on it, and uh, Sonata retained, which was really cool, and some guy who, I'm forgetting his name, it's like a Yoda Suji, I think is his name, or something like that. Um, It's a cool name, if that's what it is. Yeah, he was in CMLL. He's like a really interesting character, you know, based on what I saw him come out. I'm really like unfamiliar with him, but apparently he's been in CMLL training and he's the newest member of uh, Los Single Bernables now, which Sonata left and now he's a champion. So they're going to actually fight at Dominion, uh, which is kind of cool. Also, John Moxley is fighting at Dominion. Oh, wow. Which is, Who's he fighting? So uh, they have like a never open dude. Nobody has more titles than than New Japan. And they have a, a a never open weight trios title, I guess you would call it. And it's uh, Ishii, Okada, and I think Tanahashi won the titles. And so Tanahashi, I don't think is. I think they're gonna have to replace Tanahashi. In match. I don't know what's happening, but it's then it's a uh, Shota Umino, John Moxley, and another guy fighting them for the trios titles. Which that's pretty cool. You got Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi versus Moxley, Shota Umino, and hopefully another AEW guy like Claudio or something. You know. Sounds so like that's my it'd be high a great spot. show. I mean, that should be on Forbidden Door, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dominion is like to me like their second biggest show of the year after Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm surprised Omega's not going to be there. But they're doing a dude. They're doing Lance Archer. So that's the thing. It's you know, Tanahashi is supposed to be fighting Osprey to find out who fights Archer at Dominion, which it's obviously going to be Osprey. 
Yeah. And then uh and then Osprey versus Archer at Dominion will decide who fights Omega at Forbidden Door. Can you imagine if they do Archer and Omega? Dude, Archer Omega in fucking <laughs> Canada. Oh, that'd be so funny. Oh, that'd be great. So that's my high spot. I mean, my low spot, I don't really know. Um what what bad happened in wrestling this week? Uh, I'll other do, than I'll it's do been two, pretty I'll mediocre do, since I'll do two high, two low. Uh my first high spot, this is real. I'm going to say this. Uh AEW selling as many tickets as they have for the Wembley show so far. Oh, dude, uh, they're up to like 40-something awesome. thousand. 40-something right? thousand, almost 50,000 tickets that they put on sale have sold. Uh, it's great for wrestling. No, no matches have been announced. I get it. You're getting a lot of the international tire kicker fans that are just like, I want to go see a show in Wembley because that's kind of what it is. This is – we grew up hearing how amazing SummerSlam 92 was. This is our chance to say we're at it, and – I'm hoping it's good and not like Woodstock 99, but like, I get it. You want to go and see it. And that's awesome. The other high spot is a uh, friend of the show, Pat McAfee uh, and his wife just had their baby, uh, which is, which is awesome. So congratulations to Pat McAfee. He's a good dude. My low spots, two low spots. Um, first, the Britt Baker shirt, the, uh, the black eye shirt that they're selling, um, which has turned into a controversy is a, it's super tone deaf and the, and Brit's like, I don't understand what the issue is. And, you know, you should be able to do this. It's not a good, like, who's walking around wearing a shirt with a picture of a woman with a black eye. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. It's interesting wear that right? in public? Because I go like, I don't know, a picture of like a guy with a black eye. It's would, you know, that's very normal. Right. Um, or a picture of a guy bleeding. I mean, that's like a famous stone cold shirt, but you're, you are absolutely right. It does look a little different, especially, I think the one issue, and, and I don't care about the shirt at all. I mean, like, I think if this was an album cover, nobody would bat an eye. Right. If it was like the new Taylor Swift album cover, she had a black eye. Everyone would be like, Holy shit. That's amazing. What a fun, yeah. you know, and it, you know, um, but like when the weekend did that, but, when he had yeah, the thing with the bandages oh, and the, yeah, sure. all that but shit. But I think the thing with this, which I hate to say, I hate to say it, but it's like most people don't recognize Britt Baker's face, right? right? So they just go like, is this some battered lady? What the fuck is happening? Like, because when you do see a lady with a black eye, unfortunately, you do think battered women because uh, because like women athletes uh, with black eyes or iconic women with black eyes, I, I don't know many unfortunately we'll get there someday that's equality when there's enough women uh with like bloody noses that get to be you know have famous pictures as long as teddy hart's still alive we got hope but uh, my other uh, uh low spot is uh AEW ending dark and dark elevation mm, just that's because... a high spot for me brother so here's why it's not a high spot for me a lot of these guys get so few opportunities to get reps to, to get any opportunity to wrestle, especially wrestling in AEW under the supervision of AEW. Yes, these guys can go do indies, but indies is where they develop bad habits. When you're wrestling for dark or dark elevation, even if it's being seen by like 30,000 people on YouTube, you're still getting watched by AEW coaches. You're getting watched by Tony. You're learning how to do TV. It's developmental. It's the one good thing they had. And getting rid of it, like, let's just take like a guy like Lee Moriarty or uh, Brock Anderson. Those guys need opportunities to work in front of a camera and in the AEW style or a pro style uh, and it not be on Dynamite or Rampage. And taking that away from those guys is not fair and it's not going to make them any better. And I just think it was a, a poor decision on their part. I, I think the one thing I would hope it, it and I don't want to hope because it's, uh, you know, it sucks when, when, it, you know, indie guys, you know, it's like, I don't want to see indie guys not work, but a big thing with AEW is it does seem like they're paying a lot of guys weekly to be wrestlers, which is awesome, but maybe they can now focus their money on their talent. And yes, even their lesser talent and have just dark matches with those guys or, you know, a, a performance center where they're not even in front of cameras, but they are being taught how to be in front of cameras. Um, yeah, but you, you got to develop. Maybe they have a plan. Hopefully guys. it's where Jarrett goes and stays. And I don't even mean that. He's good. What is happening? Mm, no, oh, he's, no. Yeah, well, I, I, oh, no. I think here's something good. Uh, you guys tuning in for this episode, as hodgepodge as it's going to be, as Zach tries to assemble this and whatever Dan was doing in between murdering dogs. 
Um, but uh, Scott, let's get some plugs in. Uh, my other podcast, Out for Smokes, with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy, and that's really it. Also, this you know this Patreon uh, this week we're doing Backlash two thousand nine, which is going to be a blast. Uh, yeah, man, and more to come. Uh, wrestling is 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 fun, and we have fun watching it, even when it stinks. It yeah, is this is the part that I like. I like when it's post mania, and it's like, hey, let's see him try to figure it out for a little bit. And Backlash is going to be a, a really dude, it's fun show. Really- um, this Saturday, like this oh, Saturday, yes, dude, which, nice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWE Creative underscore ish. I will actually be missing Backlash. I'm going to be out of town. It's rare for me to miss a uh, a premium live event, uh, but uh, I will record my thoughts on Backlash for uh, something to sports entertainment with, uh, as well as the post Backlash Raw. Uh, and if you are in the uh, the tri-state area or you have access to a plane, train, or automobile, June 1st, 2023, at the Brooklyn Comedy Club. Uh, Dan St. Germain is going to be taping his comedy special. Scott's going to be there. I'm going to be there. If you're a forbidden dork and you're in the sound of my voice, make plans and get out there and, and come join us, and we'll, it'll be a great uh, a great time. Amen. And wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.